Welcome to the Healthy Business Matters Podcast, where business owners, HR professionals, and insurance brokers can unlock the hidden potential within each employee by leveraging concierge healthcare. In each episode, your hosts unpack navigating solutions like theirs to drive better employee engagement, productivity, and more importantly, overall quality of life. So grab your morning coffee, start your commute, and welcome your hosts, Nathan Barr and Dr. Andrew White. Welcome to the Healthy Business Matters Podcast. I'm Nathan Barr. I'm Andrew White. And I get the special privilege today of interviewing Dr. White and uh, and really learning more about chiropractic care, uh, Dr. White's story, um, and a little bit about how uh, potentially him and I started doing work together, uh, alignment and uh, medical philosophies and totally. why, we're, why we're tackling this issue uh, that exists within healthcare. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited to uh, hear some of this information again, but then also to have our listeners here and experience it as well. So um, I really just want to, you know, dive in and really what I want the audience to feel today is your passion behind chiropractic care yep. and why you became a chiropractor and why you feel so passionate about um, helping people through that avenue. So what did draw you into becoming a chiropractor? And then, you know, tell us maybe a little bit about Align & Co. and the business you started. So I grew up in Jackson, Michigan, uh, just south of Lansing, and my mother was a nurse. She actually worked at U of M's hospital uh, in Ann Arbor. And I, when I was young, she had a throw-your-back-out moment uh, at work, reaching for a clipboard. She went to a medical doctor, took, took x-rays, and they ended up seeing a disc issue in her back, a degenerative disc disease. They referred her to an orthopedist, and then the orthopedist told her that she needed a surgery to fix the disc issue and get rid of the pain. Got the surgery, post-op, ended up having a lot of chronic pain, ended up doing actually a second surgery, hmm. and still had pain. So then they started giving her a new drug at the time, an Oxycontin, and then she became an opiate addict. So watching my mom struggle with opiate addiction and just chronic pain for all of my life really was one of the biggest catalysts to get me into healthcare. Yeah. Uh, originally, I was planning on going into med school. I was pre-med, went to Albion College, and I had this naive uh, thought at the time of uh, I was going to go into medicine and I was going to be this voice of reason, right? That uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I just felt, you know, oh, well, you know, my mom's whole story and what she went through, you know, it didn't have to happen that way. And if, you know, the doctors would have tried to be a bit more conservative or maybe they would have tried other things because I'd experienced chiropractic a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played football throughout high school and college. And so I had experienced chiropractic and physical therapy a lot through injuries, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of respect for both professions, mm-hmm. and that naturally swayed me a bit into thinking a bit more holistically. I, didn't, I wouldn't use that word at the time. I was a high school, college kid. I didn't really uh, understand all of that yet, but when I started shadowing doctors when I was pre-med is really when I started to understand that I had developed a pretty strong aversion to the rush to drugs and surgery. I didn't realize how strong it yeah. was. Actually, I have this vivid memory of uh, when I was shadowing a medical doctor when I was a sophomore. Uh, we were standing outside of a patient's room, and uh, we looked over the clipboard. She was a 33-year-old woman, hypertensive uh, and pre-diabetic. Uh, we come into the room, and the doctor, we say, you know, hi, hello, pleasantries. And then he said, okay, well, I'm going to give you this sc- script for um, uh, 
this hypertensive medication mm-hmm. and you know we might need to look at metformin you know you got history of diabetes and so we ne- you know and we so we talk about some fi- some things he writes the script we leave we're in the room for maybe two minutes uh we left and i remember stopping him and asking like hey i i'm a bit confused you know she's 33 uh, why didn't we talk to her about exercise mm-hmm. or nutrition? You know, at the time I was playing football in college. It was a big part of my life. And he was confused and pushed back and said, well, why are you questioning me? You know, like mm-hmm. I solved her, I solved the problem. Yep. And I said, well, no, you didn't. Uh, you masked the problem. And he got pretty defensive and said, listen, you're here to shadow me. And I'm telling you, this was the protocol that is called for for this situation. And I did my job. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling really frustrated. And I didn't realize, again, that aversion until I was in that moment. And at the same time, uh, I had this general feeling that I wasn't going to be able to practice the way I wanted because the consolidation of healthcare was hot and heavy. Yep. My, my pediatrician got bought out by the local hospital. And I saw that happening a lot. Uh, when I was a kid, it was so common for medical doctors to hang a shingle and serve a community. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and seeing that, I asked, you know, why did you sell? And the, my family doctor told me, well, I didn't really want to sell, but we were f- kind of strong-armed a bit. Blue Cross Blue Shield was one of the biggest carriers in, uh, in Jackson at the time. And there was some rumblings or uh, some potential uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Just – Leaning that, you know, if you don't sell, this might affect your ability to stay in network. Kind of strong-armed them, strong-armed them into that yeah, decision. It yeah, it was like uh, yeah. there's some, some writing on the wall. And so, and and I just, it gave me my, my first taste into uh, really the way a lot of things happen at the big medical level. Mm-hmm. And so then I looked at PT and chiropractic. And at the time, I honestly chose chiropractic largely because physical therapists still needed referrals in Michigan. And I just felt like the system was not really designed to be conservative. So I chose chiropractic. I ended up going to Palmer out in Davenport, Iowa. And that was largely because I'm a romantic and and chiropractic actually started in Davenport, Iowa back in 1895. I got named Dee Dee Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. He was Canadian, Canuck, Mm -hmm. and uh, he uh, was studying the human body and anatomy. And uh, he was trying to understand the way kind of the body healed and worked. He had a, a custodian in his building that he was actually, I think, doing like magnetic therapy back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, known treatments. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his this custodian had fallen off a ladder and uh, had had Saxon and he lost his hearing. And Dee Dee Palmer had this theory, and he was thinking about the nervous system and the ability of the body to heal, and he had this postulated this theory that well maybe the spine plays this major role in the nervous system because uh the nerves exit there so maybe there's some issue with uh harvey lillard's spine and uh so then he had him lay down on this table in his office and he was kind of palpating on his spine and then he thrust into the guy's back and harvey uh, was able to hear again that was how chiropractic was born. Wow. That's kind of wild. That is uh, a story. And so then in 1897, D.D. Palmer founded chiropractic, or the Palmer College of Chiropractic. Uh, and that was kind of how chiropractic started. And so being on campus, seeing 
the biggest library and, and research institute in chiropractic in the world and, and just kind of walking those halls really made me fall in love with the history. Mm-hmm. And that's why I chose Palmer. Uh, while I was at Palmer, I realized that uh, a lot of my story was built up around my mom and specifically around the opiate issue. Um, And so I uh, went through a big process of kind of self-discovery back then where I was trying to figure out I hated the victim mindset. Mm -hmm. And I realized that for about 23 years of my life, my mother, I was a victim to uh, my mother in in the sense that it was kind of a woe me. I envied friends that had mm-hmm. uh, mothers who were present. And so I had this negative uh, view, and it was defining me in this negative light. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I could flip that and uh, that I could make the story an empowering one mm-hmm. that because of my mother, I went into healthcare, and because of my mother, I'm passionate about serving people. So I did some lobbying in D.C. when I was in chiropractic school around chiropractic legislation and a lot of the research that was happening around how chiropractic could affect chronic pain mm-hmm. um, and just have much cheaper outco- or as far as uh, cheaper uh, health care and some better outcomes. Mm-hmm. And we were able to pass some cool things for the VA, actually, uh, and it was great. But, again, the systemic big issues that I felt like, yeah. again, we might be able to impact, I was pretty naive, too. Uh, so then I went back to Michigan um, and uh, ended up when I first uh, did my residency in Grand Rapids. Uh, my brother was living there at the time. And uh, I ended up uh, partnering with the office I did my internship in, my residency. And uh, that was the first part of my career. And then I opened a practice in Holland in 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of the first start of me getting into chiropractic. Wow. Yes, I mean, huge personal tie, huge personal mission, Mm -hmm. um, the passion behind that. I think meaning and purpose, so we're all looking for, right, in a career. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like you have all those things right now, which is is awesome to find and then be able to take that into your own entrepreneurial journey and and make it a reality on your terms, which is also really cool. There's been a lot, you know, I think recently, too, in looking at things, whether it's social media or news stories or other things, um, but there is some, you know, misconceptions or people, you know, think one way about chiropractic care because mm-hmm. they saw something crazy online or some, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. And that happens in medicine, too. There's always these mm-hmm. scenarios and stories. But um, what's different about your approach line of or what would you say to address those maybe misconceptions or thoughts on chiropractic care? Yeah, it's, it's actually it's fascinating. So back in the 1950s or 60s, the AMA, the American Medical Association, was wanting to bring chiropractic into their umbrella of influence. Mm. Uh, chiropractic was uh, growing a lot. Uh, B.J. Palmer, which was D.D. Palmer's son, did a lot to really evolve chiropractic and the science behind it was a very eccentric guy, had a radio show back in the day, hmm. uh, just trying, to, and then people used to fly into Davenport, Iowa to be seen by him. Wow. Uh, all these different crazy uh, yeah. cases where they couldn't figure out what was going on to get adjusted, which is kind of wild to think about. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyways, the reason I bring that up is the AMA, um, the chiropractic didn't really want to, they wanted to stay independent. So then there was actually a smear campaign by the AMA where they went into medical yeah. schools to educate medical doctors, mm. that chiropractors were practicing pseudoscience, that we were quacks, mm. that uh, we didn't, uh, you know, that we were hurting people. Mm-hmm. And that actually all culminated in the 80s with something called the Wilkes suit. Uh, a chiropractor out of Chicago sued the AMA 
for defamation uh, and that uh, this was actually at the defamation was at the detriment of patients and receiving care ended up going all the way to Supreme Court and winning. Wow. Um, And so that's why I think there's a a generation like I think our parents generation that uh, are very skeptical of chiropractic because they were brought up through medical doctors who were taught that we were crazy people. Uh, younger professionals and younger mm-hmm. people are much more open to it. And I think yep. it's because things have begun to change. Uh, also, science has kind of caught up with a lot of it as well, uh, as far as some of the research behind what we do and how we do it. Mm. Uh, but as far as what we focus on, you know, uh, I can boil it down to what we call, we look for what are called subluxations or misalignments in the spine. And then that has a profound effect on the nervous system and just the body as a whole in something called the sympathetic and parasympathetic balance in the nervous system or the fight or flight part of the brain. Um, And we talk about what we call the three T's, which are thoughts being emotional stress playing a role in someone's health, Uh, traumas being physical traumas, the slips, the falls, the ergonomics, and then uh, toxins being the environmental stress. Mm. Uh, and all three of those kind of culminating together to affect the way a person feels musculoskeletal as far as their aches and pains and also how their body's functioning, uh, just dealing yeah. and healing naturally. And then what we seek to do is through adjustments and lifestyle recommendations as far as mindset behaviors, exercises, stretches, trying to optimize the way a body, the way a patient's body is functioning mm-hmm. so that ultimately they can achieve their health goals uh, and feel the best possible. So it's more of a inside out approach as opposed to an outside in mm-hmm. uh, and seeing the body as an asset that's this amazing machine to affect. And then we use a lot of diagnostic tools to measure uh, as far as how patients functioning from a neurological level and structural with x-ray and then we use a handful of techniques that are a little bit more gentle and again affect the nervous system a lot and that's kind of our approach as far as and and it kind of speaks to why as a culture we're uh some are very hesitant Mm -hmm. toward more of a holistic approach (laughs) actually has a lot to do with some (laughs) very old stigmas and lawsuits yep (laughs) yeah it's crazy i you know i Full, full transparency, when I was in the healthcare system, I was very indoctrinated, and that's what we talked about, and I thought chiropractic care was a little hokey, <laughs> um, you know, but then I started educating myself, and my wife and I and our family kind of took this different path in our health journey and looked at it more holistically, and you mm-hmm. looked at how your body's it's a best healer and how do you optimize its functions, um, and led to, you know, things related to health bar as well, but... Um, but it's so true that that medical mindset has you shifted to this physical therapy, more prescriptive approach, not a holistic approach that mm-hmm. looks at these different sides of things. And so, I mean, I get chiropractic care now and my, my wife does regularly too. And um, I'm a believer it works. I mean, it's something that, but I was 100% in that camp of like, I don't get how this works and I don't believe it, but you yeah, feel yeah. it. And uh, it, it's just hard, but if you haven't experienced it, you know, I think that's where you, you just got to do it. Yeah. You, you just got to do it and try it and to do that. But, you know, one of the things that I've now, now that I'm on this side that I've, you know, learned from you and your experiences and have seen what you can do and, and the impact that you have in, in businesses and on individuals, you know, I think how does, how does healthcare look at chiropractic care and incorporate it more? You know, what is, you know, what are some of those things where, you know, this, we talk a lot about better together in this multidisciplinary approach. Yep. So, you know, how do we, 
how do we get chiropractors more a part of that medical team into these corporate environments? How do we, you know, how do we start doing that? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the kind of end of my story that, you know, where I left off around, I had opened a practice in 2017. I gained a lot of success early. Uh, we were very blessed with very successful clinics, hmm. uh, serving a lot of people and changing a lot of lives. I mean, it was the coolest part of my job is always the testimonials from the patients. Mm. It's always, if you were to read the hundreds of Google reviews on our clinics, they'll often talk about patients who came in with back pain and expecting it to get better, but then something else got better and it just blew their minds and that's why they stayed. Uh, but I was getting frustrated all the time because I would meet patients like my mom all the time. Mm -hmm. They were, I was meeting late and kind of going back to you know, the medical system often were seen as a last resort. Mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> it was yeah. breaking my heart when I would meet patients and they would say things like, I wish I would have met you sooner. Yeah. So that forced me to really think, excuse me, about how to innovate. Um, yep. And thinking about, again, my mom's story, how could I reach people like her, her sooner? Yep. So that was back in 2019. Uh, we set out to create some software to help businesses see the value in bringing chiropractic into the workplace. Because uh, I had read some case studies about businesses that had developed really robust health programs and the results they had seen. Yeah. Launched in 2020, had some early success. Uh, ended up having more success through 21, so then uh, made it kind of my full-time job. So I still own a clinic mm -hmm. uh, in Holland. We've got uh, three doctors that work there full-time, amazing team. But my main job now is bringing chiropractic into the workplace. We contract chiropractors to go on site. Uh, through that process, we ended up develop developing what we call mobile units, which are mobile x-ray and different diagnostics we can bring on site because mm -hmm. we ran into barriers for general employees to get to because uh, practically we used to have, we had contracted a local chiropractor to serve in a business, but the one thing that we couldn't bring on site were the diagnostics. So we have to send them off site to the clinic. But you and I know that yeah. can be a barrier for a lot of patients, even if it's free. Yep. So then we now bring everything to them. Uh, and so kind of our target market now is... 40 to 50 employees, up to about 1,000 construction, trucking, and manufacturing companies. Um, and uh, we serve, uh, you know, again, we often are working with insurance brokers, HR professionals, and then obviously chiropractors that are interested in getting into yeah. corporate health. Um, and in my ideal world, and what we do a lot with you in Health Bar, is I believe healthcare is at its best when it is uh, multi-collaborative because, uh, you know, the expertise or even the way that we see the world as far as the way that I'm going to approach a patient philosophically is going to feel much different than a nurse practitioner or a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. And so having two professionals or multiple professionals from different expertise coming in and working with a patient, when you look at the private hospitals that have that, mm -hmm. often get the best outcomes. And so uh, my hope is that in my career, you know, we're getting amazing success, just like you and uh, you guys at Health Bar are working with businesses, especially in that self-funded and captive world with saving them money, getting their employees engaged. And so my hope is that we can, there's about 158,000 businesses that are in the United States that are in the kind of our niche of, you know, who we serve. Yep. And my hope is that if we can uh, help all or most of those businesses see the value of bringing chiropractic on site, and, and preventing the injuries like my mom's, that would be a good leading indicator to affect the 90 people a day that died of opioid overdose last year from back pain. Mm -hmm. So it's a big, ambitious goal, but I believe that healthcare innovation uh, in chiropractic and, 
and uh, and beyond as far as you know in nursing and elsewhere is where I think uh, we're going to see better outcomes. Yep. And so my hope, and in fairness and transparency, there are plenty of bad eggs in my profession that w- can often give bad, uh, you know, just our our profession bad reputation. And so part of our hope too, because we have a vetting process when we're working to for a doctor to work with us, and so we have a high level of excellence and care that we expect. And so my hope is that by innovating and uh, starting to be in the forefront of of my field, uh, we can also help the cream rise to the top a bit as far as helping the best doctors have bigger platforms so that it's easier for patients and the public to understand who to go to. And so there's not that confusion that you were describing that totally exists amongst my field where even if you were to ask me, like, hey, you know, I've got a brother in Tulsa. You know, who, who do you know? I would love to send them because you've changed my family's life. It takes more work than I'm proud to say for me to figure out who to refer your brother to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, my hope is that we can get to a place where it's an easy referral, yeah. um, if that makes sense. Yeah, building a larger network of trusted providers. Exactly. That, yeah, consistency is always key. So, yeah, I mean, now that we got a better understanding, I think for me, always learn when you speak and hear about your services and how impact, uh, effective and impactful you are. Um, so businesses, hopefully are listening to this podcast, insurance agents, uh, different stakeholders, how do they get in touch with you, take advantage of those services? Like what's the best place to start? Yeah, you know, the we have a proven process very similar to you at Health Bar with our software as far as analyzing claims data. So a great place to start if you're a broker. Uh, we work with brokers who are innovative, who are, uh, looking at creative ways of uh, approaching employee benefits, and often they, you, those brokers have databases mm-hmm. uh, that have historical claims data. So uh, we'll usually start there by analyzing historical claims data of clients to see if we are a good fit, can we save them money, uh, can we be a value add. Uh, we have historical data that we can pull when I look at a company, I'll also look at the demographics of that company, yep. and I'll look at a, our own his, our own internal data to start to postulate some likely issues. Uh, you know, I always say that the, the historical data is useful, but it doesn't really show us all the blind spots because it's only what has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so in the industries we, s- we work in, they're usually low compliance areas. People haven't been to the doctor in a while. So again, being able to uh, you know, come on site and, and do some exams. So again, if you're listening, you're in a broker, uh, you know, we would love to talk to you as far as uh, just starting to develop a relationship uh, so we can just start to analyze some data. Uh, and you can do that if you go to our website, uh, alignco.life. Um, that's alignco.life. Uh, there's no and in there. <laughs> uh, you can uh, fill out a little contact us form and we, whether you're an HR professional or uh, or a insurance agent. That's mm-hmm. a great way to get started. Uh, and then w- one of our team members can connect with you and learn a little bit more about yeah. how we might be able to serve you. Awesome. No, thank you. Um, pleasure as always. I think it's been fun. Always learning more about you, but then uh, hearing the, the perspectives from your, your journey and the why behind it. And I think that's why you will be successful. Your organization will be successful. Is anything you do with that much uh, mission, purpose, and passion, um, you can't lose. So uh, respect to you. Appreciate everything you do as well. And uh, if you want to learn more about Alinico as well, there will be more uh, descriptions of this episode in the, uh, uh, in the comment section and description. And uh, if you haven't talked to Andrew, uh, you need to at least have a conversation. You're going to learn a ton. 
and uh, hopefully find ways to uh, explore the chiropractic world. So thanks, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Nate. And then next week we are going to be interv- flipping the script. <laughs> so I'm going to be interviewing yeah. Nate. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to hear his story, it's a great one. So tune in next week. Uh, that'll be actually our last episode of the season. Mm-hmm. So uh, make sure to tune in, and we will get to hear your story, Nate, which will be fun. Awesome. Sounds, sounds good. Thank you. 